questions and answers. Church historians state that some of the fiercest persecution was inflicted on the Christians of Japan. Few know that thousands of Christian men, women, and children were tortured and died for their faith in Christ. You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. In today's broadcast, Pat will continue on with a four-part series on the Christian history of Japan. If you're unable to hear any of this study, all of our broadcasts are available on our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Now here's Pat with part three. I hope you've been enjoying our brief series on the Christian history of Japan. Many of us know that less than 1% of Japan identifies themselves as Christians today, but few know of the rich, long Christian history of Japan. The Japanese Christian history is even older than our American church history. And when Francis Xavier first arrived in Japan in 1549 and preached the gospel, thousands of Japanese embraced the gospel. So that in one generation, it is estimated that there were nearly 300,000 Japanese from the south all the way to the north who had embraced the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hundreds of churches had been established as peasants, as well as lords and samurai, came to faith in Jesus Christ. Francis Xavier was so impressed with the Christians that he asked that only the best, highest quality missionaries come to Japan. Father Oganto, who followed Francis Xavier, wrote that he believed Japan would be Christianized in 30 years. And there was great hope for Japan that this country would be the gateway for the gospel to go to Asia. Many of the missionaries were impressed at the high level of respect for the ancestors the courtesy, the respect for tradition, the discipline that was there in Japan. And so many felt that this country was ready for the gospel and indeed thousands, hundreds of thousands, embraced the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, that changed about a generation later when the first shogun of Japan, Toyotomi Hideyoshi, became the shogun and saw Christianity as a threat to the power of the shogun and began the persecution of the Christians. Then the shogun following him, Ieyasu Tokugawa in 1600, began the most fierce persecution of the Christians known in church history as thousands of men, women, and children were tortured for their faith in Jesus Christ. And between 16 and 1800, it is estimated that anywhere from 300,000 to 500,000, perhaps thousands more, were martyred for their faith in Jesus Christ. From southern Japan all the way up to northern Japan, thousands of Christians were tortured for their faith in Jesus Christ and eventually killed. Now, as I mentioned last time, the shogun realized that killing the Christians wasn't very effective, but he realized that if he could torture them and get them to renounce their faith in Christ and then parade them around Japan as korobi or fallen Christians, that was more effective, especially if priests renounced their faith in Christ, they were very prized. And often priests were sent around the country to talk Christians out of their faith in Christ. And so that is why many church historians consider the persecution that occurred in Japan from 16 to 1800 to be the most fierce persecution in the history of the church. And as I mentioned earlier, the persecution on the Christian church was very effective. You know, a lot of people say that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church that with persecution, the church grows even more. That's true to some extent. Some persecution 
is beneficial in that it weeds out the lukewarm believers and really it's the serious believers in Christ who stick to their faith and you really have a true church that really worships God and lives the life of discipleship and the church grows. But too much persecution, when you have severe persecution, that's actually harmful. And that's what happened to Japan as thousands of Christians were martyred for their faith in Christ and Christianity was nearly eradicated from Japan in the 200 years of persecution. Well, during that time, the Christians had to go into hiding as all the missionaries were banned from Japan and kicked out of Japan and Bibles and all most of the Christian literature was burned. And so the Christians in Japan had to go into hiding and became known as the Kakure Christians or the hidden Christians. And for nearly 200 years, many Christians, the Christians had to practice their faith in secrecy. So in their attics or in caves or in secret places in the forest, they had to practice their faith and their worship of Christ there in secret. So for nearly 200 years, the Christians practiced their faith in secret and many had no Bibles or no priests to give them guidance. And so it is at this time that the Kakure Christians or the hidden Christians develop peculiar practices and beliefs in their hidden worship of Christ. And of course, after the great Christian rebellion of Shimabara in 1639 to 1853, so for nearly 200 years, Japan closed its doors to the West there. And it is during those 200 years that some of the fiercest persecution came upon the Christians. Men, women, and children were tortured for days, even weeks, in hopes that they would renounce their faith in Christ. And thousands of Japanese would not renounce their faith and died as martyrs for Christ there in Japan. Now, as I stated, the shogun learned that simply killing the Christians wasn't effective. What was more effective was torturing the Christians and those that renounced their faith. He would parade them around, especially priests, to strike fear in the hearts of the people from even listening to the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, here were some of the most popular forms of torture there of the Christians in Japan. And as I stated earlier, church historians consider the persecution that happened to the Japanese Christians from 1600 to 1800 to be perhaps some of the most fiercest and cruelest in the history of the church. One of the most popular, of course, was crucifixion. Similar to how Christ was crucified, Christians were chained or tied to a stake or a cross in some very prominent sites on top of hills for public display and there they were killed. Another one was not only crucifixion, but they were burned at the stake and thousands of Christians died this way. In fact, one of the most famous happened in Kyoto. Tekla Hashimoto is the only known pregnant woman in the history of the church to be martyred. And she was martyred there in Kyoto on October 6, 1619. She was part of the great Kyoto martyrdom in which 52 people, including her five children and her husband, Johan, were placed upon a cross and then burned until they died. In fact, her children were behind her. Two of her older children were behind her. And as the flames grew and they began to suffer, one of them cried out to her mother saying, I can't see, I can't see. And she turned around and encouraged her child and said, don't worry, one day you'll see perfectly. You'll see Jesus perfectly there in heaven. Eventually her child died. Well, her two younger children died in her arms there on the cross. And of course, she was pregnant and the 
only known pregnant martyr in the history of the church, died there in the flames of Kyoto. Another and one of the most feared forms of torture that came upon the Christians was known as the pit, and thousands of Christians died this way. Here, a gash was made behind the ears or across the forehead, and the Christians were hung upside down, and their heads were stuck in the pit, in a sewage pit, and there they hung for days. And the reason their slits were made behind their ears or across their forehead is so that the blood rush going to their head would not kill them as quickly. So many of them hung there for days as they suffered. And while they were suffering, the samurai were there coaxing them to renounce their faith in Christ. And of course, many did, but many also did not. But it wasn't just men who suffered the torture of the pit. Women and children as well suffered the torture of the pit there, groaning for days before their life was ended. Now, just sit there and imagine, you know, having to watch your children face something like the pit or being burned there at the stake. We can't help but admire the tremendous dedication and faithfulness and courage of these Japanese Christians who endured such torture and would not renounce their faith in Christ, even watching their children being tortured and killed or men watching their wives and children being tortured and killed, how unbearable it must have been for those Christians. Just imagine, and our Japan Christian Martyrs Tour, we go to many of these sites and see how these Christians were treated and the torture they went through and that the things they endured for their faith in Christ. And it's tremendously inspiring, but also challenging to us, you know, to think, would we be that dedicated to go through all of that for our faith in Christ? But the pit was one of the most feared forms of torture there for the Japanese Christians. Of course, there are other places in Japan and other forms of torture that the shogun and the lords invented, which were extremely cruel. In southern Japan, in Shimabara, there is a place called Unzen Hell. It is a natural hot springs there. And there, if you go behind the little uh, walking trail there, you'll see a memorial to the thousands of Christians there who were killed there at this natural hot springs. Now, what would happen to the Christians there is they would be gathered, they would be stripped, and hot water would be dumped upon them endlessly until they went unconscious. Then when they went unconscious, they were left there and then they would be revived. And then when they returned to consciousness again, hot water would be dumped on them repeatedly until they went unconscious. And this process would be repeated over and over and over. And if they did not renounce their faith in Christ, then they were taken to the hot springs. And women and children first were thrown in to the boiling water where they boiled to death. Husbands had to watch their wives and children be tortured and boiled to death. And then they were thrown into the hot springs where they eventually died as well. Thousands of Christians were thrown into this place called Unzen Hell. And on our tours, we go there, we see the memorial, and we hear the stories of Christians who endured such a torture and would not renounce their faith in Christ. And we get to see the hot springs there and walk upon that trail. At another place in Suwano, Japan, this is in the Yamaguchi Prefecture, in the beautiful mountains there, there is a small valley and a small town of Tsuwano, and you go there, it's a beautiful, beautiful little town, but you hike up this short little mountain trail, and you come to a site where hundreds of Christians 
were killed there in Suwano. During the great persecution, many were gathered up and some were taken to this prison camp there in Suwano. And there in Suwano, Christians were stripped naked and put in three by three cages during the winter here. And as the snow would come, the Christians would have to suffer through the cold and eventually many died being starved to death or because of the cold died there in those tiny little three by three cages. And in fact, when you go to Tsuwano, you can see a display of the three by three cage where Christians were placed and many were left out there in the cold winter to die. Several of these Christians here in Tsuwano, as they were suffering the cold and starvation there in these three by three cages, would often say that at night, Jesus or an angel or Mary would come and speak to them and inspire them to hang on and encourage them in the faith before they died. There's a famous story of a young girl named Marichan there in Tsuwano. There in about 1870, she was only five years old, and Mari's mother was in a small warehouse prison right next to the main prison there. A memorial chapel is there. You can go visit there at Tsuwano. And in this prison, the women and children were confined. Mari, though, being five years old, was allowed to run around outside. And she was suffering starvation along with her mother and the other Christians who were imprisoned there. And one morning, Mari's mother looked out the window to see what her little daughter was doing. And there, one of the samurai jailers approached Mari-chan and gave her cookies. Showing the cookies in his hand, offered it to her. And he said, here, eat these. Aren't you hungry? Now say that you hate Christ and you renounce your faith in Christ and you may eat these cookies. Mari, looking at the samurai, said to him, No, if I eat those and I renounce Christ, I can't go to heaven. And in heaven, there are much sweeter cookies there. And after this brief dialogue, just a few days later, Mari-chan died of starvation there in Suwano. But that's a famous story that inspires Christians, not only in Japan, but throughout the world of just this five-year-old girl's dedication to Christ, even to the point of death. And there's a small memorial chapel there in Suwano dedicated to Mari and her faith in Jesus Christ. Then up north in Miyagi in Sendai, you may recognize Sendai, that's where the great tsunami hit. Few people know that in the late 1600s, that area of Sendai was 100% Christian. You could not find a Buddhist or Shinto temple there in that prefecture of Sendai. In fact, when you go there today, it's still difficult to find a Buddhist temple or a Shinto shrine around. Uh, it was about 100% Christian. The Lord there was Masamune Date. You may recognize him. He was known as the one-eyed dragon. He had a patch on his left eye and he had a great, it looks like a Nike swoosh on his battle helmet there. Well, he wasn't a Christian, but he tolerated the Christians in his prefecture. But one day, as annually, all the lords had to go to Kyoto and great ceremony be with the shogun and the shogun warned Date if he didn't do anything about these Christians that the shogun and his men would come and so he was forced to persecute the Christians and so there in Sendai Christians were rounded up and in a river many were thrown into that frozen river in February and there they were placed in the river to die and you can go to that river there in Miyagi there in Sendai and see a monument to the Christians, hundreds of whom were thrown into that frozen river and froze to death, would not compromise or renounce their faith in Jesus Christ. 
You know, at another site, right along Tokyo's main highway, right there in the city of Tokyo itself, there's a famous place, a hill kind of hidden called Fudano Tsuji. And there, 50 Christians were executed right on that hill, right along the main highway there in Tokyo, overlooking Tokyo Harbor. One of the famous Christian martyrs was John Haramundo. He was part of the elite bodyguard of the first Tokugawa shogun, Ieyasu Tokugawa. He was part of that elite bodyguard and a dedicated believer in Christ. Well, he was arrested in 1623 by Ieyasu's grandson, of course, who many consider to be the Antichrist of Japan, Iemitsu, in order to renounce his faith in Christ, and he would not. And so John Haramundo was tortured. The tendons of his hands and feet were severed so he could not walk or even sit balanced on a horse. Then he was tied to a horse and paraded throughout the city. His nose and ears had been cut off and a cross was branded on his forehead. And he, with 50 other Christians, were paraded through Tokyo, or at that time it was Edo. And they were hung on crosses there on that hill at Fudanotsuji, right along the main highway overlooking the harbor of Tokyo. So people could see as they went along the main highway or they came into the harbor, these Christians hanging on crosses, and then they were burned to death. And it was the shogun's hope that as these Christians were burning to death, slowly burning to death, they burned them slowly, not quickly, but burned them slowly in these slow fires, that the screaming and yelling of these Christians being tortured for their faith in Christ would horrify people and discourage any of them from coming to faith in Christ. But what surprised the shogun and many of the samurai is that many of these Christians died silently, they were not screaming or yelling, but they died silently. Many witnesses say almost peacefully, peacefully, as they looked towards heaven and prayed and several sang hymns and recited the creeds of the ancient church and peacefully died for their faith in Christ. So what the shogun hoped would horrify people actually backfired on them and it kind of intrigued people. And they began to wonder how these Christians were able to die so peacefully. So those are some of the famous stories and some of the famous sites of Christians who died for their faith in Jesus Christ. Now, many of these memorials, when you go there, this is not anything that is recorded in Japanese history or is it something that the Japanese really like to talk about. Most Japanese I talk to don't even know that many of these memorials are right there in their backyards. But many of these memorials are hidden. You know, in, in fact, in some places, you know, the Government officials put a bus stop in front of them or they're in forests in the back. And so it's quite difficult to find them. Some of them in the very city of Tokyo itself are unknown uh, to the people living right there in, in the city. I s spoke at several churches in Japan and people didn't even know that many of these memorials are, are right down the street from them. But some of them are kind of hidden in places. And so because it's, it's a little embarrassing to the Japanese and they don't like to talk about it, many of these memorials and these stories are not known to the Japanese. But you can go, you know, if you have local knowledge or you can investigate these sites on the Internet, you can go to Japan today and see many of these sites. There's small memorials where many of these events took place and hear the stories of the Japanese martyrs who died for their faith in Christ. Places that have become world heritage sites, and especially the Catholic Church is fighting, to make many of these sites where these events took place world heritage sites. Once they become world heritage sites, then they are protected and large memorials and museums are allowed to be built in these places. And so some of these places have become indeed world heritage sites and you'll see large museums or memorials built there. 
commemorating the Christians who died there for their faith in Jesus Christ. Now, the persecution of the Japanese Christians was quite effective by the shogun and nearly stomped Christianity out of Japan. Not only did the Japanese suffer some of the fiercest persecution in the world, in the history of the church, but it was very effective in halting or almost eliminating Christianity from Japan. But not only did our Japanese Christian brothers and sisters suffer, but Christians throughout the world have suffered and been tortured for their faith in Christ. And let it be a reminder to us today of our brothers in the Middle East who suffer at the hands of terrorist groups like ISIS, but Christians who suffer for their faith in Christ. And that reminds us of Ephesians chapter 6, where Paul reminds us, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. That our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against Satan and the powers of evil. And remember, we have an enemy in Satan who hates Christians. All right, he hates Christians. He just doesn't want to see you crippled. He wants to see every believer completely destroyed. First Peter 3 says that Satan roams around like a prowling lion. First Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. All right, that's Satan. He's filled with nothing but hate. He's just an angel of pure evil overcome by sin and just pure evil. Peter describes him as a lion seeking someone to devour, not just cripple, but completely devour and destroy. That's what Satan seeks to do to the believer and all believers in Jesus Christ. And so this fierce persecution, the shoguns who instigated this fierce persecution of the Christians were instruments of the devil and the hatred that comes from the devil went through these men to torture and try to destroy Christianity from Japan. And hearing stories of our brothers and sisters who are being tortured and losing their lives for the sake of Jesus Christ should remind us not only of the dedication and the courage of Christians throughout the world who are willing to give their lives for Christ, but also of the hatred of the enemy that seeks to destroy the church and God's people and discourage unbelievers from coming to faith in Jesus Christ. But also understanding persecution is part of the Christian life. Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, he writes, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share in Christ's suffering, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Peter says that we shouldn't be surprised by the persecution we face for our faith in Jesus Christ in a fallen world temporarily under the control of Satan. We should not be surprised that persecution is part of living for Jesus Christ. We are blessed here in the United States because we have freedom to worship, although that freedom seems quickly to be in jeopardy if we do not wake up and stand for truth and the freedom we have built upon you know, God-given absolutes in our declaration and our constitution as our founding fathers so clearly articulated. But persecution is part of the Christian life and it purifies the church and it causes us to not only purify our faith and live the true life of discipleship, but also focus our hearts and minds on Jesus Christ. Indeed, the Japanese Christians and the persecuted Christians around the world inspire us and serve as models for what it means to truly to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. We're so glad that you've joined us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. 
If you find this broadcast to be a blessing, please consider partnering with us. Evidence and Answers relies on generous donations from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate and keep us on the air, head on over to our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. You'll find we have a wide variety of resources available to you, including articles, audio, and Pat's books. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide reasons for faith and hope in Christ right here on Evidence and Answers. Yeah.